More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Hour three of Clay and Buck starts right now. And Joe Biden's got a problem, everybody. Oh, he's got a lot of problems. For one thing, we just had a breaking news alert in the last hour that a Russian fighter jet has collided in international airspace over the Black Sea with a U.S. Reaper drone. So that's going to raise tensions a little bit there what's going on what are the chances of that just happening perhaps the uh the russian jet was trying to get a much closer look at the drone Uh, who knows we will find out more well the pentagon will tell us some stuff and then we'll find out more beyond that i am sure in the hours ahead but something to keep an eye on but the bigger political problem that joe biden has is that his his party has gone nuts and this is something that you see in a, on a range of issues where even Democrats are starting to say, some Democrats, this is just too much. I, I can't go along with this. And they're not areas, uh, they're not fringe beliefs of the Democrat Party they're opposing. They are things that are coming from the White House itself. They're the most mainstream of Democrat positions because in many cases they are now the mandatory positions That you must hold if you are going to be a Democrat who is held in good standing by the left, by the, the, you know, the the Jacobins who run that party, the radicals, the Marxists. So that's interesting. That's worth keeping in mind, right? This is now required orthodoxy for a lot of Democrats that are causing problems for them. Um, and I, I had, uh, mentioned this in the first hour I wanted to just bring you back to the situation of the Stanford University uh well Stanford Law School part of the university uh aftermath when you had Judge Duncan of the Fifth Circuit who was shouted down by a, a bunch of, of of screeching harpies I mean just lunatics in that room I saw the whole video I can't play the audio there's so much there's so much cursing and shouting that you can just imagine 
They have a federal judge invited to a law school to speak to them about the law. He's actually doing the interpretation of law on the Fifth Circuit. You'd think that law students might think they have something to learn, and even if they don't, that they would sit there and be respectful. They're supposed to be officers of the court. But really, the law schools have become social justice activist training centers. That's what they are. And that's what the the so-called elite law schools. I thought it was so funny too that uh, that one of the one of the you know just childish students said shouted something like, "Yeah, well, you couldn't even get into this law school." It's so interesting. I wonder. I wonder how many of the people in that room that were shouting at the judge got in not because their LSATs were so high, but under the diversity and inclusion exceptions to what the rest of the student body is supposed to achieve in terms of grades and scores. I would just wonder about that. I would wonder how many of them are really as smart as they think they are. And there's also a difference between cognitive ability or or test-taking ability and wisdom. And as all of you listening to this, especially those of you who have lived more years on this earth than I have know, wisdom is the most important. Wisdom is the thing that really matters and makes the difference. And that room had none of it. They lined up, uh, just this is in the last day or so, a reporting from the Washington Free Beacon, that these activists lined up to do a, a shame walk of sorts for the dean who apologized on behalf of Stanford University to the judge. So now more students are shaming publicly the dean who apologized for the behavior of the childish maniac students that were shouting down this. This is Biden's Democrat Party. This is why I'm telling you this. These little activist social justice warriors at Stanford Law School, they've been doing this for years now. This is Their mentality has been the same stretching back for the last decade. And so they're now... There are, uh, you know, there, there are people that work in the DOJ and they work for the White House and they're, they're in the structures of power. They're, this is not just student radicals who will deal with the reality of life when they get out. They are the Democrat base now. They are the Democrat party. And this is why Biden is in this, uh, difficult position. Not that difficult for Joe Biden because he is a man with no honor or integrity to protect in the first place. Because Joe Biden has no integrity to protect, he has a lot of latitude for what he can do. It doesn't matter. What does he believe? What should he believe? That's always the Biden response. Who is Joe Biden? Who do you need him to be? That's how Joe Biden approaches everything in politics, in life, stretching back for as long as he's been a public figure, which is longer than I've been alive. So he's the right guy for this job, but it's a difficult job. Pretending to be something when it counts with the voters, while he is something entirely else when it comes to the governance that he presides over as the head of the Democrat Party. Whether he's a puppet or not, doesn't matter. He's still the the figurehead, right? So this brings me to this uh, interview he did on The Daily Show. And here Joe Biden is asked about the, there are a number of states that that are banning transgender surgery for children. How many of you listening to this right now had never even heard of transgender surgery, including doctors, by the way, transgender surgery for children until the last five years, maybe the last two or three years? I think the answer is a lot. Almost everybody. 
This is new. There are no long-term studies. There is no real sense as to how this could be medicine because this is not studied in any meaningful way. They won't talk about it. They just want to be able to do it. They want to be able to do gender mutilation of children and call it medicine. And they are, you see how they, how they have turned on the issue of abortion, for example. The left Democrat party used to say, oh, it's just, you know, safe, legal, and rare. Or, oh, we, we want it to be something that people, women can choose for themselves as a freedom, but, you know, we're not going to celebrate it. Oh, no. And then eventually they were celebrating it. You know, take my word for it. You'll see women at these pro-abortion marches. Uh, you know, shout your abortion was a whole campaign for shout your abortion, a whole campaign for a while. Celebrities talking about how abortion was such a great decision for them. Usually women who were actresses who, you know, were on marriage number five and, you know, have had, have made a mess of their lives. But anyway, they'll, they'll say, Oh, abortion was such a great, a great thing for my career. That's usually what they say. So they do end up celebrating it and they're willing to completely forget about the morality that is involved and the, the loss of a life. So given their position on abortion, you have to understand, if left unchecked, the psychological contagion of gender ideology for kids, for adolescents, for prepubescent children, that gender contagion ideology is something that they will they will go from saying, it is rare, why do you focus on it? It is rare. Why are you making such a big deal of it to it is mandatory and you better celebrate it or else. You know, this is coming. The slippery slope, as everyone says on Twitter these days, is the undefeated champion. You know what they're going to do. So we stand and fight or we know where they're going to take this politically stand and fight. We stand up and say enough is enough or the pathway is clear. I bring you Joe Biden. Good old fashioned Joe guy was alive when the second world war was ending right joe biden's been around forever he's such a traditional democrat a a a union you know lunch pail carrying pro-labor democrat you know all this sort of stuff that doesn't even exist anymore by the way but that's what they'll say that guy grandpa joe you can count on him here he is when speaking about gender mutilation of children Teenagers, 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds have their genitalia removed, and they say transition. There is no transition. You know, Jordan Peterson, bless him, you know, he, 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 takes, he takes important shots on important issues. You may have seen recently, and he got a little profane. He got a little fiery on Twitter. He pointed out there is no transitioning of a, of a, of a penis to a vagina that is not possible for humanity, for a human being. It cannot be done. It is not a thing that is medically possible. So then why do they say we're going to create? No, they don't. And that's for adults. They want to try similar procedures involving children. This is madness. This is monstrous. And yet Joe Biden, good old-fashioned, middle-of-the-road Joe, here he is when he's asked about transgender kids. Play 15. What's going on in Florida? is, as my mother would say, close to sinful. I mean, it's just terrible what they're doing. It's not like, you know, a kid wakes up one morning and says, you know, I decided I want to become a man or I want to become a woman or I want to change. I mean, what are they thinking about here? They're human beings. They love, they have feelings, they have inclinations that are, I mean, it it just to me is, 
I don't know. It's cruel. And the way we do it is we make sure we pass legislation like we passed on same-sex marriage. You mess with that, you're breaking the law, and you're going to be held accountable. First of all, notice the the, the Biden go-to. He has he can't really dis- discuss what it is that his side wants. So he does this, you know, man, we're talking about human beings, you know, people who love and feel. And yeah, we all know that, buddy. We're talking about not gender mutilating children, which will ruin their lives. It will ruin their lives. OK, start with that. He acts like that's the position of kindness. Oh, a 14 year old girl wants to be a 14 year old boy. Because some activist therapist had three sessions with her? Let's do it. Let's go. Take him to the doctor. Oh, the parents? Let me ask you this. Do you think Joe Biden would sign a law that would prohibit parents stopping gender transition surgery for their kids if a medical professional slash activist decided that it was appropriate? I think he would. I think he would in a heartbeat. I think that Joe Biden has been a lie his entire public life. All it is is lies with this guy. He stands for nothing. He is a figment of the imagination of the voters who have been tricked into voting for him who think they're getting something else. The left knows. They think he's great. He's the Trojan horse. He's the vessel. For everybody who's, oh, I'm a moderate, and he's going to be normal and everything else. No, he's not. Joe Biden exists to be a facade that the left can rely on to make them seem less insane. Because of his appearance, because of his grin, because he's always oh, lunch pale Joe riding the choo-choo into D.C. every day. Here he is talking about transgender surgery for teenagers, and he does the usual, come on, man, it's people, you know, it's, you know they got feelings. Yeah, exactly. These are little human beings who should not be subject to the mass psychosis of less leftist activists and the obvious social contagion that is transgenderism for kids which just has exploded in the last few years up thousands of a percent and we're not even saying look we're not even talking about adults adults want to you know they want to have you know different surgeries and and you know change their names do all these things they're adults they get to choose all that we're talking about protections for children and where does joe biden stand on this he's saying it's not like they wake up one day and decide i'm just gonna no that's exactly what they do because the society around them, because TikTok, because the Democrat Party, because Hollywood elites, because people they look up to who have neither wisdom nor morality to draw upon, tell them this will make you the center of attention. This will make you live your truth. This will make your life better. They're being lied to. They are being lied to. And Joe Biden is the liar in chief. That's what you see here. So all this stuff about Oh, he's going to return us to normalcy. Oh, it's going to be fine. You, you can trust good old Joe. Grandpa Joe gets asked about gender mutilation of minors. And what does he say? Come on, man. We need to pass a law. And he, he mentions he mentions uh, gay marriage, for which is for adults. What, what does that have to do with gender mutilation of minors for transgender purposes? Well, what does he even think he's talking? It doesn't even matter. He's just there to fool enough of the easily fooled so that the great mass of the left can get their way that's it and it's it's wrong folks it's wrong he's something that uh, everyone needs to understand is it's all based in all based in lies all based in misrepresentations 
Sometimes, my friends, it feels like our world is getting crazier by the day. You don't say. If there was ever a call to attention on being prepared for anything and everything, I think this is as good a time as we've seen in a long time. That's why we seriously recommend stocking up on emergency food as one part of that. It's not a reality that any of us like to face, but it's preparation that we have to embrace and make our own. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. When you do, you'll also get $200 worth of rugged survival gear as a free bonus. To see what you get, go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Your $200 bonus gift comes free with each three-month emergency food kit you order. Clay and his family have five of these, each for uh, one member of the family. Carrie and I have got two of them each here at home. We're prepared. We're ready to go. I don't have to leave my home for months if I don't want to. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. You'll enjoy free shipping as well. Get prepared today. Don't wait because that's not preparation. That's fixing a crisis. Take action now. MyPatriotSupply.com. Don't miss a day of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Biden's also straddling the climate lunatics on the one side and financial economic reality on the other with fossil fuels, which is why he has signed um, he has signed now this 
approval for the Willow Oil Pipeline Project in Alaska. The online activists are all freaking out. The planet's going to melt. We need to save the whales or the or the shed or the spotted owl or the I don't know, whatever. By the way, those are animal conservationist people. But same idea, same idea. Uh, uh, is it the, the Delta smelt? That's what I was trying to think of. The Delta smelt were the big problem. A little uh, bait fish in um, uh, California that have caused huge problems with because of the environmentalists with the water usage there. Anyway, Biden's got this issue, but on the other side, he's got people that are telling him, or he, he's also telling his people that if we don't keep the temperature from going 1.5 degrees Celsius up, a generation is damned. Play 16. What happened was Mother Nature let her wrath be seen over the last two years. For example, I have traveled on helicopter over more forest area burned to the ground than the entire state of Maryland. That's how much is burned to the ground. Floods, droughts, all the things. And so people can't deny it anymore. If we don't keep temperature from going above 1.5 degrees Celsius raised, then we're in real trouble. That whole generation is damned. I, I mean, that's not hyperbole. Mm-hmm. Really, truly in trouble. It's not, it's, not hyper, it's not hyperbole. Every time he says it's not hyperbole, it is hyperbole. I, I just think this is such a fascinating uh, tick that he has. Or he'll say, you know, it's not a joke, not hyperbole. And, and well, no, it actually is hyperbole. The generation is not damned. This is something, this is the president of the United States. It's the most powerful man in the world. What he's saying is objectively crazy. If we don't stop the global temperature from going up 1.5 degrees, the next generation is damned. Uh, we aren't going to stop anything from going up 1.5 degrees. Okay. Meaning America and the human race also not going to be able to stop it. So I guess we're all damned. No, this is just playing on the fear centers of the brain and catastrophism. And he's such a fraud, everybody. Honestly, he is just, you know, I'd rather have somebody who just admitted they were a, a you know, a commie instead of Biden pretending he's like a friend to normal people. If you own a small business, you know the value of time. GetRefunds.com does as well. That's why they've made it easy, no matter how busy you are, to apply for the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC. This is a little-known tax refund program from the IRS to benefit small business owners. Go to GetRefunds.com to get started in less than 10 minutes. See if your business qualifies for ERC assistance. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC. There's no upfront charge either. They don't get paid unless your business gets its refund. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. This payroll tax refund is only available for a limited time. Go to GetRefunds.com. Who is going to pay that bill? Won't it be the American taxpayer? Well, I think you can make a case ultimately, yes. The banks pay for this through fees to the FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. He's saying that the American taxpayer won't pay a penny, and I think that's a lie. Well, I think ultimately they will pay. I mean, after all, if the banks are paying more fees, I want to be as explicit as I can, because this stuff is very tricky and it's very important. Banks that pay more fees will probably charge their own customers more fees. So in that sense, uh, I would agree with you that it will be a taxpayer-funded rescue mission. It will be. It's definitely a bailout, and the costs will be borne by people 
who had nothing to do with the failure. Uh, that was obviously uh, Hannity and uh, Kudlow there talking on Sean's show. And here we are now looking looking out into uh, some very uncharted territory for the economy going forward. What happens now? You know, we had last hour uh, David McCormick on, who is the CEO of Bridgewater Associates, I mean, truly one of the largest buy assets hedge funds in the world. Okay. And you heard what so this is a guy who you want to talk about having uh, knowledge of how this system works and, and having to be right. You know, the thing about being a hedge fund guy is you got to be right or else you lose money and your hedge fund shuts down. Right. And, and you, you heard what he had to say about this, but he even was, I asked him straight up. I said, do you think it's possible that the Fed is going to be able to, to, you got to combat inflation? Everyone agrees. You got to combat inflation. Can you do that without? sending the economy spiraling down into a recession? Probably not. And this starts to feel a little more like cause and effect. We had super low interest rates held low as a function of policy, not as a function of the market, for a decade. And the bill is due. And we're $31 trillion in debt. And we're going to have to start paying a whole lot more to service that debt. I mean, these are this is just cause and effect at some level. And nobody wants to be, as I always say, the advantage that Democrats have is that they always pretend to be Santa Claus. And you're never happy about the person who tells you there is no Santa Claus, which, by the way, for any of the kids listening, of course, there is a Santa. But anyone who says there is no Santa Claus, immediately the response of the public in general is, oh, why are you, you know, why are you being a Grinch? Why are you such a bad person? Well, I don't want to be the Grinch, but it's going to get ugly. There's, there's no way through this that doesn't. And it's not just ugly for SVB Bank and, and some of these other uh, figures and names that we've already seen dragged into all of this. It affects all of us. These are systemic issues. These are things that affect your bank account, the cost of your groceries, the rent or mortgage that you are paying every month, your ability to buy a house if you've been saving up. All the stuff that really affects your day-to-day is affected by this stuff that we are talking about. And that brings me to the SVB board, right? SVB board, um, board of directors. And they're supposed to be there to be the guiding hand. You know, you have a board of directors, so you have a, a storehouse of wisdom to draw upon. And that's supposed to prevent things like, you know, a massive bank failure from happening seemingly overnight. Because you have all these really, really smart people who know this stuff backwards and forwards. And they'll guide you. You know, they'll guide the CEO. They'll even replace, fire and replace the CEO if they have to. But that's why you, in the world of corporate governance, you have, uh, you have a board in the first place. Who was on the Silicon Valley Bank board? Let's have a fun little, fun little thought experiment for everybody out there. Was it people that are just finance nerds who get excited about words like EBITDA and compound interest, who hear about breaking down the, the, the latest earnings statement and they salivate, they get excited. They don't want to watch the game over the weekend. They want to look at some earnings statements. They want to get down into the, into the depths of the company and really, un- no, no. Of course not. Silicon Valley Bank, the Silicon Valley experience, the, the whole world of Silicon Valley is the explosion of the Internet 
un- unbelievable. I mean, wealth on a scale that has really never been known before in human history in some ways in terms of the uh, the wealth that has been generated uh, mostly through intellectual property, by the way. That's that's the funny thing when you think about it. It's it's mostly ones and zeros that has done all of this, right? So there's a level of digital alchemy that has been involved in this as well. And what you see is that the Silicon Valley Bank was, sure enough, as as every institution of wealth and influence is, it was uh, a target for the ideological left to infiltrate with the most woke people possible. And they did. And they did. This is from the Daily Mail. Been a little uh, reporting into this. Only one person of the failed Silicon Valley Bank's board had a career in investment banking. Everybody else were a collection of Obama and Clinton mega donors, including a woman who publicly grieved uh, by praying at a Shinto shrine when Trump won in 2016. The other people involved in all this were an assortment of high-dollar Democrat donors, all ideologically aligned with the left. There's the Rite Aid CEO who credits success with her success with being in an improv troupe. Oh, by the way, a very diverse board, of course. Of course. Venture capitalist Kate Mitchell, who cried at a Shinto shrine. A winemaker who's really tight with Nancy Pelosi and a prolific Democrat donor. Oh, okay. A former Obama administration official who got caught up in a race scandal as she ran for the uh, Baltimore, Baltimore mayor's role. So there you go. Obama administration official. I mean, you, you look at some of these individuals, you're saying, this is this is who was in charge. This is on the board of the bank, really. D- did any of these people even know what the bank was doing? Understand, this is not the credit default swap situation in two thousand and eight. As messed up as that was, um, and there's a whole, there's a very long tale or very long connection to that story. Goes all the way back to the Community Reinvestment Act and the federal government deciding that. Lending was actually a social justice issue and not a financial issue or, or pushing in that direction so that they started making it less credit scores, less and less a factor. Open up the uh, the backstopping of the of the federal government for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac so that people who have no business getting loans because they're never going to be able to pay them back can pay them back because social justice. So that's the long, long lead up to the. And then once that happens, once the standards have eroded so much that you can just lend to anybody, basically, but you can commoditize or or uh, um, product. I'm trying to think what the word would be here. Uh, Productify, productize, create products out of those those bad loans and then have insurance to back up the bad loans and sell the insurance as a contract. You can see that was financial alchemy, a top financial alchemy. That was the the riddle wrapped in an enigma surrounded by a mystery. I mean, that was complicated and almost melted down the entire financial system. What we have here is um, we can't make any good safe money because rates are so low. So we're just going to pile all this money into treasuries, 10-year treasuries. This is what SVB did. And whatever the rate was they were getting, I, I don't know, you know, 2%, 3%. Now that doesn't sound like, that's not very exciting. Well, 
if you have $200 billion and you're getting 1% or 2% and it's guaranteed that you're going to have that money and it's safe, it's actually a lot of money, right? But what they didn't think was, hold on, rates are going to shift. Why didn't they think that? Everybody knew that was going to happen. The Fed was basically saying every six months stretching back now to the end of the, from the end of the pandemic, going to have to raise rates, going to have to raise rates. It's going to happen. So this was a slow move. This was, they got, yes, they got hit by a train and crushed SVB Bank, but the train was making the little, you know, the, the toot toot noise and, you know, hitting the horn or whatever, uh, and going about five miles an hour. They should have known. You know why they didn't know? You know why they didn't get off the tracks? Because they were greedy and they didn't care. And they thought that worst comes to worst, we'll be where we are, which is the whole thing gets bailed out. It's gross, isn't it? It is It is upsetting. It's wrong. There's, there's something wrong about this. We all feel it. We all know it. But the more important part of it is not that the, re- it's not the recognition that this is wrong. It's well, what do we do about it? What do we do now? And, uh, the Fed does not, there, there are no pretty, there are no elegant options right now. That's for sure. All right. Switching gears here for a second. One of the saddest statistics to read is the fact that the number one killer among infants is still abortion. Abortion continues to take the lives of nearly one million babies a year just in this country alone. But there's an organization that has a practical, proven approach to keeping that number from getting bigger and, and hopefully making it smaller as the years go by. Preborn Network of Clinics welcomes pregnant moms considering abortion and provides them with an ultrasound in addition to all kinds of love and support for the baby's first two years of life. Because through an ultrasound, when a mother hears that heartbeat, her maternal instinct kicks in. And the majority of the time, she will choose life. 17 years into existence, Preborn has saved already over 200,000 babies' lives. For just $140, you can introduce a mom to her baby on ultrasound and help rescue five babies' lives. And when you do, you'll receive five stories and five ultrasound pictures of babies saved. Make a tax-deductible gift to preborn. Join me. Just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby. Or visit preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by preborn. You don't know what you don't know, right? But you could on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. 
Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Closing up shop today on Clay and Buck. Um, I am excited to be with you all this week. Uh, I'm solo because Clay is on holiday with the fam. He is on spring break in Italy. I keep uh, joking with him. He's going to come back uh, happy, but at least five or ten pounds heavier because uh, gnocchi with like a nice light cream sauce may be delicious, but it is uh, calorically dense, uh, as I have found out myself over the years. Uh, Same thing with the various pizzas, you know, pizza with fresh mozzarella and prosciutto is always amazing. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner, but doesn't always fit into your macros from what I'm told. So, uh, but Clay's having a great time with the family. He'll be back on Monday. And uh, in the meantime, I have some fun deep dive episodes going up in the podcast stream that I would love for you to check out. Um, we had today Cal- Catalina Lauf, who is a conservative commentator, entrepreneur, ran for Congress in Illinois. She told me that, that when she was running for Congress, that there was a controversy at some schools near her, in her district, where there were kids showing up as furries, dressed as animals. And the school was scared to say anything because the parents think that this is the kids living their truth or something and they didn't want to get sued. Woke parents were actually approving of their children showing up to the school, you know, 13 year olds or whatever. Dressed as a, a lion, a tiger, or a bear, oh my. I mean, yeah, this is a thing. But if you want to see that, you have to uh, go or listen to it. Subscribe to Clay and Buck Podcast. Uh, we're putting all kinds of good content there. We're also going to be having other podcasters joining in on the fun and in the feed. So it's a really convenient way for you to listen. So please do check it out. The iHeart app is a great, you should all have the iHeart app. Download it. It's free. And listen to all kinds of great stations on the iHeart Network, but also our podcast, which I highly, highly recommend. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Also, Buck Sexton YouTube. So go to uh, youtube.com slash Buck Sexton because we're putting video up of these deep dives. So please subscribe there. All right. Now we have, uh, oh, for tomorrow also, Stephen Miller, formerly the really the consigliere to Trump on all border and immigration issues, if you recall, senior White House advisors, the actual actual uh, title. But uh, Stephen Miller will be with us. We'll talk to him about the border. And then, I mean, the remarkable story of of uh, courage and endurance and overcoming the odds 
of Benjamin Hall. He was the Fox News journalist that you all remember was seriously injured in a rocket uh, attack in Ukraine exactly just exactly a year ago it was. And uh, he's okay. He's written a book. And he's going to come and talk to us, uh, talk to us about it. I mean, you know, he obviously sustained very serious wounds, but he is he is back working. He is back doing uh, his job. And and thank heavens he is back with his family. So we'll talk to uh, Benjamin Hall tomorrow about what he all went through. So so some really good guests lined up. Let's get uh, Linda in Sacramento, sunny Sacramento, Sacramento, California. What's going on, Linda? Hi there. I just wanted to tell you why I support Trump, and I am suspicious of Ron DeSantis. I feel that President Trump truly, truly loves the people and the Constitution. I can't say that about anybody else. I really, I feel personally that he loves me. He loves you. He loves this country. With Ron DeSantis, I've never heard him say a positive thing about President Trump ever, in spite of the fact that he owes his first race as governor to President Trump. And I'm just hoping that he isn't a never-Trumper in disguise or a Trump hater. I've never heard him say anything good. And I would like to know what his record in Congress was when he was in Congress. And I'd like to know how close he was to Paul Ryan, who we know is an open Trump hater. I need to know a little bit more about him. I mean, President Trump could have declared himself, you know, a king at the time of the COVID. And instead, he gave power back to the states. He gave Ron DeSantis a chance to shine and every other governor. So he's going to have to earn my trust. Right now, I'm suspicious of him. He went to Yale and he went through there quite successfully, which is a hotbed of liberals. And so, you know, I mean, did he say what they needed him to say? And will the real Ron DeSantis please stand up? I don't know the real Ron DeSantis. So, Linda, can I just ask you, by the way, I think I think that's valid for you to want answers to all of those questions. Um, Are you open to if DeSantis runs and he answers those questions to your satisfaction? Are you open oh, to? I will. A- oh, oh, of course. I would never I would not vote for a demo. If he ran, I would definitely vote for him. I would not. There's no chance that I would vote for a Democrat or not vote. I oh, no, but, but I mean, I in the primary, could he could he theoretically win over your vote or do you think it's just got to be Trump for you? He's he's going to have to convince. Well, no, right now it's Trump. Right now, I love Trump and I have many reasons for loving Trump and we have no time to go into them. I love Trump because I feel he loves us. And he's Look, working a, a lot us. of Linda. Can I just say and I'm sorry, as you know, you can hear the music. We're running out of time. But I just want to say there are a lot of people listening who agree with you. So don't think that this is everything that you've said here. I think you've said it concisely and, and eloquently. And thank you for calling in from Sacramento. Um, you're expressing the feelings of, of a lot of this audience. And I know that. So this is why we're going to just keep on looking at what's going on every day, what's being said in this primary, how the country is going and what the Trump proposals are, what Ron DeSantis's next moves will be. And we're just going to be honest to, about what's happening and what we think is, is best for America. But yeah, look. Trump is a, I'll tell you this, uh, on a personal level, a super charismatic guy. And I like Trump on a, on a, on a personal level. I mean, I think Donald Trump is great. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 